welcome to the Horns Up Half Hour, Cedar Hill ISD's podcast about scholars, staff, and community. Our guests will be individuals from the district and the community. This podcast is for anyone interested in expanding their knowledge of all things CHISD. Okay, welcome to the Horns Up Half Hour podcast. We have a very special guest this week. It is Cedar Hill ISD Director of Special Education, Alva Walker. So welcome to the podcast, Ms. Walker. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited about being here today. Yeah, no, definitely. So um, please tell us, um, you know, how you decided to get into special education and um, your background before stepping into this role as uh, director of special education for the district. No, um, this is my 21st year and um, I majored in special education. Initially, I wanted to be a legal advocate for um, elderly people with disabilities. But of course, um, there was not a specific career that was driven towards that more than being an attorney. But um, I got my teacher certification in special education. And so I've been in special education for 21 years. Um, about year four of my career, I um, noticed that there was a, a large number of minorities and males that were receiving special education services. So I wanted to get an advanced degree in um, leadership so that I could be a part of the decisions that were being made by students of color and minority in special education. So I received my master's in administration and um, I have uh, aggressively pursued leadership positions in special education. So I've been an advocate uh, for students with disabilities for the past 21 years. I actually love it. Um, I really like to um, show uh, individuals that the mind has the ability to learn at any speed and any um, modality. So there's just not one way to teach a kid. And so I enjoyed that aspect of being able to expose um, low incident population high, um, and those kids with just specific learning disabilities to learn. Okay, and how long have you been with Cedar Hill ISD? This is my one year anniversary as of October 2nd. So I have been with Cedar Hill ISD for one year. Okay, and how, how have you liked being in the position here in Cedar Hill? It is amazing. So every day um, I get an opportunity to advocate for our students with disabilities and support teachers, the, well actually the entire school community as it pertains to servicing students with, um, uh, with disabilities. So I really, really enjoy being out there to support principals, um, teachers, parents, and just the entire school community with special education. Okay, so you... Um had talked to me before we got on air about the uh, drip effect and something that you and your staff had uh, read about. What can you tell me about that? Okay, so this year's hashtag is um, the drip effect. Um, as a department, we read a book. We did a small book study at the beginning of the year doing professional development. And the name of the book is The Coffee Bean. The Coffee Bean is by John Gordon and, uh, John Gordon and uh, Damian West. And it's basically a lesson, a simple lesson on creative positive change. And so in the book, it talks about, a, uh, it's a basic fable and the, the main character is named Abe. And so his teacher explains to him that if you are a coffee bean, you have the ability to get into a situation and transform that situation. 
So as we read the book, uh, we came up with the hashtag to be a drip effect. We want to be coffee beans. We want to be positive as we service our students with disabilities, as we support our principals, teacher leaders, teachers, and just into our school community. We want to be coffee beans. So we said that we would provide the drip effect in everything that we do. And so drip um, is an acronym for uh, um, or uh, a word phrase, and so the D in the word DRIP stands for to be data-driven. So we want to be data-driven in all the decision-making that we make. The R in DRIP is to be respectful. We need to respect people, um, roles, positions, and um, learning modalities of students. We want to be respectful at all at times, and then we want to be intentional. We want everything that we do to be done on purpose with a purpose and then the last thing is that regardless of the situation because i know COVID puts a damper on a lot of things we want to have a positive outlook and so that's the drip effect okay so <clears throat> that's what i was going to talk about next is the um obviously things have changed for everyone with you know with COVID 19 but um specifically to special education how has the district's approach to special education changed um, since the pandemic started? So our primary focus is, of course, with students with disabilities, we're obligated as a school district to provide a free, appropriate public education. And so we hear that, but then what does that really mean? And so what we wanted to really uh, make sure that we focused on as a department in 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 light of everything that's going on, we want to provide premium customer service. We want to provide the best customer service to our parents, to our students, to our entire school community. So in the wake of the, uh, not in the wake or just during the pandemic, we have recognized the need to provide premium customer service and to ensure that parents that, yes, this is a difficult time. It is our new normal, but we are here to support each other. And so that's one of the things that we wanted to focus on was to be intentional in our efforts of uh, having a, a working and established relationship with our parents. So some of the things we did was we gave birth to Wellness Wednesday. And it was like a small thought that turned into a huge thing. And so we are grateful that the, um, the district um, just jumped on board with us. We were able to get um, actual local uh, recognition for it through NBC News twice um, doing it. And so at Wellness Wednesday, we caravan through the neighborhood and we check on our kids. We, uh, I'm playing the music real loud in my truck and we're just waving and we have one person dressed up like the Longhorn. And so for our students that are, that while they weren't in school and school was closed, we wanted to let them know we missed them. And so we dropped off things to them, uh, work kits and just checked on the families. We did a phone tree weekly where we got we call our families and we just let them know that hey, we're thinking about you, we're there for you, and we did that during school closure. And then, how did you come up with the idea for that to do the um, you know the home visits and stuff like that? Well, it really was um, a collaborative thought with um, several different people, but. Um, in the midst of COVID, we were watching on the news that the number of uh, CPS cases had increased and the number of um, um, reports for domestic disputes had increased. And so it really was convicting to us as a team to go check on our kids because in the, in the midst of the uncertainty of COVID, we didn't want our kids to not be 
at the forefront of everyone's mind. Not saying that they would be subject to abuse, but just to let them know, hey, we're thinking about you, and we're and we're here for you guys, even though the school is closed. And so it was just in the brink of everything that was going on with COVID. And then you also had the um, kind of the graduation parade back in yeah. May. Tell me about that event. Okay, so. Um, Last year, everyone was being creative with the class of 2020 because no, normally if school was open, we would have all these end of the year events. And so we had to be non-traditional in a sense when um, uh, during last spring. And so we wanted to celebrate our adult students that were transitioning to the next steps within the community. And so we decided to have a graduation parade and we called the city of Cedar Hills Fire Department. They came out. Uh, we had them drive through and they got their diploma. They got to shake the superintendent's hand and participate in what they would be their own transition or special ceremony as an adult student into the community. And so being able to celebrate those 13 students were amazing. Okay, and then another highlight for special education was one of your um, teachers, uh, Melissa Tyler at Waterford Oaks, won um, District Elementary Teacher of the Year. Yes, Ms. Tyler is um, District Elementary Teacher of the Year. Ms. Tyler is also a proud Cedar Hill ISD alum. And so she graduated from Cedar Hill ISD and she came back to work with, she has a huge heart and passion for students with disabilities. And so um, she also works on a, a special project for us every year right now. It is uh, Down Syndrome Awareness Month this month and so she chairs that uh, project and so celebrating awareness to uh, Down syndrome and she is really 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 an advocate for our students with disabilities. What are some of the other things that y'all are doing for uh, Down syndrome awareness month? So then we will have a specific day at the end of the month where we wear our t-shirt. We wore it one time um, at the beginning of the month and so we're offering those t-shirts to be purchased um, throughout the district so that those teachers, I mean, if anyone was interested in purchasing a t-shirt so they could contact our district office. Um, fun facts are being posted on our Twitter feed at CHISD SPED um, about um, uh, Down Syndrome Awareness. Um, each campus is being kind of creative with their T21 and we're doing a video that will be posted also at the end of the month to make awareness for uh, Down syndrome. Okay, so um, in special education, how many students total do you have that are part of the program? So currently we're looking at roughly about 626 students, but on an average, um, on a, if we were in, I guess, our old normal since this is our new normal it would be we would have about 660 670 kids 670 kids so we're right at 8% of the total population of the district and then you have a um, wide variety of special needs from um, you know a lot of different special needs that the students have talk about the range of um, you know different um, needs that you and your staff work to have met so currently we service um, 
we have students that have a broad variety of needs and have eligibilities for services. And so we service students anywhere from a specific learning disability to some students that have traumatic brain injuries. Uh, we also have a um, about a little less than a 30% population of students that have autism. We have students that are in, have intellectual disabilities, auditory or deaf or hard of hearing, um, um, visual impairments, um, students that have other health impairments that have been diagnosed by a medical physician, and we have uh, students that receive just speech services. Um, so we have a, a broad variety, I mean a broad variety of students, and we have a true continuum of services. Um, we are, um, as an LEA or as a school district, we provide services from the least restricted environment to the most restricted. And we always start with considering the least restricted environment. So that's with their non-disabled peers. And then based on their actual specific needs, we provide those services to the students. So we try to integrate them as much as possible with their non-disabled peers. Okay. So, um... I know that the scholars went, some of the scholars, about 30% went back to campus on um, Tuesday here in the district, but um, you had some scholars that were already in the classroom, I think at Cedar Hill High School and Waterford Oaks Elementary, is that correct? And Lake Ridge. And so. Lake Ridge, okay, so yeah. how, many, how many scholars did you have, and tell me about you know, how they were on campus long before any of their uh, classmates? I want to first start off with thanking Dr. Hudson for supporting the ideal of our students that were in the most centralized units and had been um, out of school for the longest. He really supported the concept of them being offered face-to-face -face instruction during our first four weeks. So we want to thank our superintendent for supporting that vision and the ideal of having those in. So those kids were identified. Their parents had um, a chose in their learning plans that they would participate in face-to-face -face instruction whenever we open. And so of those 31 kids, we had kids that were ranging from at Lake Ridge in our early childhood program to Waterford Oaks that were in our elementary uh, centralized units, as well as our centralized units at the high school. And so those 31 kids had an opportunity to work on um, skills that there may have been some regression in throughout the summertime. And so, um, very safe environment, very small setting, and it, it was a awesome four weeks uh, with those students at hand, and it got them back in the swing of going to school. And then it gave us something that special educators to just see our babies in the building because we were really missing out on that. What type of um, precautions and social distancing did you have to do while, while the kids were there? Okay, so one of the things that we might sure of um, for our students with disabilities and, and really those kids in that um, low incident population on those centralized units we made sure that we started practicing through social stories about social distancing so we gave pictorials to the the parents before the kids came to school we kind of got the parents ready for them to be in the school setting we started talking to them and reminding them about wearing their mask it was a, a safety precaution with their ppes and so we explained to them what a ppe is um uh, personal protection equipment we provided masks and face shields to all of our employees that work with those kids um, another shout out to miss tyler in her class 
Uh, she used, um, she has uh, corrals, not just Miss Tyler's first, but all of the skills class had corrals. So the kids had individualized sitting in a sense. And then um, we made sure that they had the necessary disinfectants. We had a routine of how we clean. They have an area where their um, where used supplies was versus new supplies, and we had a wipe down method. And so we just followed a schedule with those kids. And oftentimes, with students in low incident populations, wrote activities or at their desk benefit. So we did it continuously over and over again to them about safety and precautions to get them back in the swing of school. Okay, so um, I know you talked about Melissa Tyler, who was, you know, the uh, District Elementary Teacher of the Year last year, um, but are there some other examples of special education teachers going above and beyond that, that you could talk about? Oh, I could keep that list going. Some rock stars that we have that have really, really taken on um, that, you know, what COVID would not take their career. They decided to press through throughout the situations, and so I just want to give a major um, shout out to uh, Miss Colette. Miss Colette is a life skills teacher at Bessie Coleman, doing an amazing job uh, working with her students virtually. Miss um, Mason at the high school, amazing, amazing job. Miss Creighton also at Lake Ridge Elementary School, doing an amazing job uh, with online learning with their schools. Um, Ms. Rogers, she's an inclusion teacher, how she prepped and got herself ready at the high school with her kids doing an amazing job as well with her students. Um, I could keep the list going because our teachers have gone above and beyond for our students. And so I am very appreciative for what they have done for our kids. Okay, and then what are some of the things that as a special education department you guys have learned uh, since March and how we've been able to improve upon those things since March? We have learned that uh, reinventing ourselves is not a bad thing. That it is okay to reinvent ourselves, to be innovative, um, to be patient with each other, but we've also learned that working together gets the job done better. And so the collaboration between the various departments because we cannot, we could have not done what we have done as a special education department without the support of the entire school district and school community. So the collaboration with, with, with curriculum, with student support services, with the counseling services has been amazing because they've helped us throughout the way. So the collaboration is one of the things that we've learned and has helped grown us. Okay, and I know you said that you've been in um, Cedar Hill for about a year. So it was, I guess, almost halfway through the year that, um, you know, the pandemic started. But um, where did you go to college and where were some of your previous um, positions where, you, um, where you'd worked in education or special education? So undergrad, um, I attended Jarvis Christian College in Hawkins, Texas. And um, graduate, uh, I attended Prairie View A&M University where I received my master's in administration. And then this past um, year, I attended University of North Texas, where I received my superintendent certification. And um, some of past um, uh, professional experiences, I was a classroom teacher in Dallas ISD and Duncanville ISD. Um, I was a director of special ed for Dallas County Juvenile, so we serviced all the uh, 
ISDs. It's about 11 ISDs that's in Dallas County. So we service those ISDs within Dallas County's uh, boundary for students that were in pre and post adjudicated programs. So I was a director of special education there. I was a supervisor and instructional coach in DeSoto ISD years ago. And my most recent position before I came to Cedar uh, Hill ISD is that I was a campus um, assistant principal in Duncanville ISD. Okay, and are you from the um, Dallas Cedar Hill area originally? I am. I'm from Dallas, Texas. Uh -huh. Okay, great, great. So obviously you've worked in a lot of um, great school districts, a lot of great positions. What kind of, in your opinion, kind of sets Cedar Hill ISD apart um, from some of those great districts where you've worked? Um, the sense of family. Um, the, the, uh, the ability to feel like that you're amongst family and that we're all working for one common goal and that we are... Um, student driven and so that's the great thing um one of the things that i um say often here in um in this position is that um, i have the i have the ability to paint the most beautiful portrait on this blank canvas and so i'm so appreciative of the opportunity um to really just grow a department um to be aligned with the visions and goals of the school board and the superintendent to grow our uh, students with disabilities and expose um, teachers, students, and just family with how we are one team collaboratively working for the best benefit for your student with disability. It is not the school district versus the family that we're all on the same team trying to make sure that we provide the very best for your scholar. And so um, I really appreciate that feeling that I have every day as I do the work here is that I, I feel like I belong and that we are aligned with one another to do what's best for children. And you had mentioned that you have your superintendent's uh, certification now. Is that something, is that a goal for you in the future to become a superintendent of a district? Yes, I'm gonna say yes, yes, yes sir. Okay, and what is it about, um, you know, obviously you're doing a great job as the special, special education director, but to oversee a whole district, what kind of appeals to you about that uh, position? just to be a true advocate for um, students, um, families, and just let them know that uh, we are, um, just to be an advocate for public education because I am a product of public education. And so just to be an advocate of the, the benefits of public education, that you can get a good, you can get a great public education. Okay, and then um, we talked a lot about what you guys have done and how you've adapted in the in the face of this pandemic but um what are some of the future plans and goals for uh, special education as we move forward so some of the future plans and goals of of special education is to increase our parents awareness of the supports and services that we provide through our parent academy uh, we want to make sure that we align all our activities um, with the board goal the board's uh, mission visions and goals and so um, we want to make sure that all students that have the ability to read on or above grade level at third grade, that even though there are students with disabilities, that we align ourselves with that goal, that we expose kids to extracurricular activities regardless to, of their abilities. So we want to um, increase our awareness of, of activities, life after college, and preparation 
um, for uh, I mean life, not life after college, life after high school in preparation for post-secondary needs. So we want to align ourselves and make sure that we are aligned with our board's vision, missions, and goals. And then how we um, drill that down some more, we're going to increase our parent academy opportunities where parents can learn more about supporting their student with disabilities. We're going to um, bring um, a transition fair um, to our district, and at the transition fair, we will have agencies that will um, be able to uh, support our scholars for life after high school, um, colleges that specifically work with students with um, learning disabilities, um, job uh, opportunities or job readiness that would be aligned to that. So we're going to have a, a, one of our short-term goals for this year is to have a transition fair. And then the next thing is just increase the number of students with disabilities that graduate within their four-year cohort. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It was very informative, and I, I think the listeners will really enjoy a lot of the information that you that you've been able to provide. So um, thank you for coming on, and we look forward to having you on the podcast again. All right. Thank you. All right, our next podcast guest next week will be Melanie Benjamin, Director of Athletics.